the South of the Six podcast, bringing you the latest on your Toronto Raptors. Now, here are your hosts, Connor Chambers and Adam Corsair. I'm thinking about getting a turtle. A what? A turtle. For and a I want to name him Purtle. Oh, you motherfucker. <laughs> Welcome to the South of the Six podcast. I'm your host, Connor Chambers. Join with me as you've heard the lovely voice, Mr. Adam Corsair. Did you like my joke? Is it a joke? I, I can't have a turtle in here. There's no way. There's no way I can have a turtle in here. Absolutely. Why you not? Think- mm. You put them in a little, little glass case. What are they called? How long den? can turtles go for? Like on their own? Years. In a case. Yeah. Years. What the fuck are they eating? Leaves. Whatever you feed them, turtle food, pizza. You throw it years <laughs> worth of turtle food in there. Pizza. You give them like this secret ooze and pizza, and they'll grow up to protect your neck. Scientifically, that's that. how it works, right? They, I they don't mind that ninjas. actually. Yeah. I don't mind that. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you like my joke. I thought it was kind of funny, but um, people are in howling stitches right now. They're actually howling. Yes. I know they they really are. Um, forgot to mention and i will mention we are part of the stadium scene.tv network uh, it's always on my mind since the one show i forgot until the very end so i'll never forget anymore so uh great people over stadium scene.tv always gotta give them their shout out um Jakob Pert- i i i'm i kind of don't want to start there i i, I kind of want to get into toronto first before i get into Jakob Pertle specifically you but- know, I just jump right in no, right. but I, I'm I was just kind of thinking about how I wanted to set this up, sure. but because we kind of have our schedule, our our agenda, and you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's so casual that we just like go off the cuff ninety nine percent of the time. Um, but it's been a few weeks since we've done a podcast, so um, I don't know if you have anything interesting you want to bring up to the people here. If you want to update them on the life of Mr. Adam Corsair, um, I I saw you've started up your your pod again mm. with with miss cindy so mm. how's that going it was great um we realized it's really hard to find time to do this um w- with you and i we sort of space this out this was the in the preliminary talks of bringing back south of the six is that we would space it out you know every couple of weeks so it, it made it easier but with cindy and i it's sort of okay we have to think of topics we have to come up with an agenda we have to put that on social you know instagram or whatever she handles the instagram so she has to find time to do that it's just sort of a pain in the ass so we're uh we're hoping that we can do this on a semi-regular basis much like you and i Mm -hmm. um but it's fun man i i love potting with my wife i feel like she's a natural she's better at it than i am and i know you know that you're you're pretty you're pretty fucking good at this so not, not as good as cindy She's, I know, I've listened, I've listened to a few. Um, she's killer. She's a natural at it. Natural. And I feel like it's a really cool activity to do with your significant other. Mm. Facts. And you talk about things that you probably are normally talking about with each other. And then you throw it on a podcast and whoever wants to listen. And, you know, if one person listens and finds value out of that, then that's great. You know? Yeah. A little peek behind the curtain of what we, in a civilized way argue about on the pod and then when we stop rolling 
it's it's uh it's claws it, it gets it gets a little fiery it gets nah, a little feisty nah no it's all good how about you uh i know you're uh you're in a new a new domain so why don't you uh i am expand. yeah i did i did a bit of a move i'm in a new condo um it's about an hour outside of the city on the west end kind of near burlington and hamilton for those that are around the area and no um mm-hmm. for you that means nothing, nothing but uh but but for others it may mean something so um yeah i'm in a little little space little town called Waterdown, and uh I, I like it here it's it's really cool and it's cool to be in like I've, I've lived on my own before but in like a student house and stuff like that this is the first time i've been like on my own mm. um and it's cool to like have my own space it's gonna take getting used to but it's cool to have my own space for sure so what you're saying is i drive into the city I take a left, and there you are. Yeah, You're correct. Right. It's yeah, just yeah, right there. It's right there. Okay. Just right, right there for right. sure. Yeah, yeah. West. I'm, I'm, so like just... you might as well. You might as well just like stand beside the CN Tower, look to the left. Yeah. And be like, ah, oh, yeah. It's... So basically, you're in Vancouver because I, I yeah. went. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 It feels like it when I have to travel <laughs> into the city. <laughs> but um, the Go Train baby, it's great. Um, yeah. Speaking well, congratulations, of congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, Speaking of the go, um, the Raptors are firing on all cylinders right now. And they are 8-2 and two over their last 10 games. I'm not sure if you've been paying attention. I know you have. Yeah. 8-2 um, and two over their last 10. You know, I think we were a little bit pessimistic about this team after the trade deadline, and we weren't really happy about the moves that they had made. But has this stretch of 10 games exceeded the expectations that you had for this team have your expectations shifted at all from the trade deadline like where are you sitting right now currently with this raptors team has anything changed since the last time we talked no no i I, look i still don't agree with the direction that masai and bobby went i still don't agree with their um reluctance to sell at least one piece out of Gary, OG, and Fred, and sort of forcing a a playoff berth. And I think we brought this up last episode that the rumor is is that MLSE wanted to make up for um, lost revenue from the COVID season. Um, well, the season that they played in Tampa, mm-hmm. um, and wanted to sort of push for a playoff run to sort of regroup lost value. Um, if that's the case, I understand business. I get it, but at the cost of maybe getting three first-round picks for an OG and an OB is kind of hard to swallow. Um, this is where I think you and I agreed that they would be. I didn't think, and if you maybe I'm wrong, correct me if I am. I didn't think that they weren't going to make at least the play-in. You yes. know, with Brooklyn falling out a little bit, Miami's falling out a little bit. Um, I, I didn't think that even Atlanta is sort of in shambles now, right? They just fired their coach. Um, I didn't think that they weren't going to make the playoffs. I just thought that when they do, it's going to be a first round KO. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have you have to be a six round. You have to be a six seed or higher. If you take a look at the standings, Milwaukee and Boston are going to be one two in whatever order you think right now it's currently milwaukee because they're on a 16 game win streak ridiculous 
absolutely ridiculous play out of the Milwaukee Bucks right now. And, you know, the Boston Celtics have been consistent all year. They're 45 and 18, and Milwaukee's 45 and 17. Mm-hmm. You run into one of those two teams in the playoffs, guess what? You're not making it out. Like, it's going to be hard to make an Eastern Conference Finals if you're the Toronto Raptors, just based solely on the fact that you have Milwaukee and Boston. Those two teams should be in the Eastern Conference Finals. Yep. So, you know, if, if you can get to that sixth seed... Then you play either Philadelphia or Cleveland. Someone in that realm would be one of those two teams, and I'd much rather face them than have to face Milwaukee or Boston because you basically are are stamping your passports to Cancun. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I sit on that, and I, and, I, and I know you agree too. But it's hard to swallow. It's you sort of have to hedge your bets and you know hope that this team makes a deep playoff run. Look, I don't, and I think we mentioned this on the previous pod too i don't dislike the acquisition of Jakob pertle in a vacuum mm-hmm. you know after watching for the past couple of weeks what he's provided for this team it's definitely filling a hole yeah. he's definitely providing a lot of um much needed strength and and versatility underneath especially with the um the, with the assist i think he's just been fantastic and the the light touch has been sorely missed I miss, I miss that touch very very good um, I miss the caress and the touch yeah um but you know and there's also these rumors that 2024 draft pick i think was it zach Lowe? um i forget who it was someone said trade all your 2024 picks because i draft, did see that yeah because it's supposed to be dog shit dog shit so maybe when messiah alluded to hey we look deeper into drafts we look years ahead mm-hmm. they looked at 2024 and said it's let's just get rid of that first Mm -hmm. which is fine i get it but at the same time you're not putting yourself in a position where the 2023 draft is going to be in your favor and maybe they thought look even if we're not going to finish bottom of the barrel which they weren't you know we could make it so that we're not going to make playoffs if they didn't trade for Jakob. yeah but we're not going to finish below the houston's or even the detroit's Right. Um, Orlando, we're not going to finish beneath them. So there's a good chance we're not going to get those top two. Mm-hmm. So let's get a center. Yeah. I, I mean, you're looking at teams that are pretty much lock of bottom five would be Houston, San Antonio, Detroit, Charlotte, Orlando. Yeah. Uh, Indiana is starting to creep into there as well, too. Um, but... You know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I get it. I mean, 2024 looks really weak, according to a lot of people that are better at analyzing the talent than than we are. Granted, there's been a lot of weak drafts, quote unquote, that have had stars like Giannis Antetokounmpo come out at the 13th pick, right? Where the top 10 have been doo-doo. But clearly, you know, Messiah and Bobby and, and the team thought, yeah, you know what, it's just not worth our time. Uh, Jakob is going to give us way more of an output than anybody else in that draft or any value would. So um, it's still hard. I, I guess I, I think I'd still like them to try to increase their odds to get up in this draft. But I, I again, I don't mind cheering for a winning team too, right? But it's but it's like, <laughs> how long are you going to be doing that for? You flipped. No. You flipped. I haven't flipped. I'm just trying to accept what's you in flipped. front of me. No, there no, no, are no, no, no. cracks. You no. flipped. No, I'm trying. I'm trying to be positive about this because I felt so emotionally drained after that trade deadline that I just was looking at it and I'm like, "This is my reality now." Mm. Like, you know what I mean? 
if I could, if I could go back in the trade deadline, I would still go about it the same way that we were discussing. Right. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I get it, but I don't know. I, I'm still I, not happy. I'm still not happy. Like, I'll make that very clear. I'm still not happy. Sure, but what choice do you have? I think that's what you're saying. What, that's what that's what I'm saying. Well, like, if this is the path that we're on, yeah. then I'm not going to sit here and, and, and bitch about it. Right. 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 I'm going to sit here and say, okay, well, let's start cheering then yeah. for them yeah. to win. Sure. Okay. Fair. Fair. Can't hate. But but you won't catch me slipping. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. You won't catch me slipping. Gotcha. Um, I mean, look, there, there's a few areas of this team that you can take a look at and say, you know, have improved from the previous iteration before the trade deadline. But obviously, as I alluded to earlier, the addition of Jakob Pertl has been one that has really bolstered this team, not, not only just because of his play, but he's a new addition. And right. I think that that's always going to have the spotlight and the focus Whenever there's an, a new addition to the team, everyone looks at that. How is he going to play with the team? How is he going to gel? How is he going to mesh? Um, from my perspective, he's, he's injected stability into the center position for this team, right? If you take a look over his last 10 games, he's averaging 14.1 points, 8.8 rebounds, 2.8 assists, with 1.6 blocks, 1.5 steals, and shooting 67% from the field. Hmm. Um that's just his offensive stats. We know how good he is on defense. He's got the word in protection. He's got his soft hands. He he provides a lot for you on both ends of the floor right now. So seeing that and seeing how he's integrated himself with the Toronto Raptors, uh, are you more content with that acquisition now that you've seen this work of art come to life? <laughs> or or are you turtling away from it? I'm not. I, I much like what we just said that we sort of have no choice but to cheer for this um i am satisfied with the production that we're getting um you know with with yak i'm kind of glad that we didn't have to develop him (laughs) we just like we sort of passed him off when he was still raw and then we got the finished product (laughs) honestly and and san antonio is a good spot to go to to develop a, a, a you know prospect if you will yeah yeah and you know under pop you know, you, you, who better? But, um, yeah. yeah, he feels he feels a need. I think it takes the pressure off of Precious. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been playing a lot of the four, which good. Um, yes, he's more of a four in my opinion. I think it takes a lot of pressure off Chris Boucher too, um, to sort of have to be that guy off the bench to fill in for that five spot. It makes there is a consequence to this. Not that Nick Nurse couldn't. Mm-hmm finesse it it does take away an, an aspect of versatility from your lineups and how it's constructed you know those times that we've seen pascal at the five um you know it, it, you you run a small lineup um i think a lot of that worked to the raptors detriment so maybe this is actually a good thing that you're not fucking with versatility and you're not trying to you know get the chemistry set out and mix mashing lineups to to try to make it make sense when you have a solid like the, the raptors have a solid point guard in, in fred van vliet in terms of size uh, stature built for the position so you never have to worry about that now they have that at center with yaka Pertle. you never ever have to worry about it and you can just plug and play which is great yeah he's he's truly a bonafide center in in all the ways that we've been describing right uh, he's someone that you put in there and he, 
every night if he's there, he's going to be in your center spot. Right. Right. Unless you have one of the top elite centers and he's coming off your bench. But, you know, that's that's a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. Right. Like Jakob Hurdle is a quality mm-hmm. center. And for most teams in the league, he can be your starting center. So I think that um, I think his acquisition has been great. I think honestly, he's been better than what I expected it to be this early on. I did think he'd have a positive impact, but I didn't re- I didn't necessarily think he'd contribute as much offensively as he has to this team. Um, and, you know, his last 10 compared to what he's averaging this season are higher right now than what he's averaging on the season. So he's he's producing a little bit more. But that also could be, you know, because he's playing with better players and he's getting better looks and he's having better opportunities and he's not as much of a focal point as some of the other guys on the team you got five or six guys in my opinion that would garner more attention on the court than him Mm -hmm. right offensively so it creates a lot of opportunities for him he's actually finally provided the raptors with a pick and roll guy yeah solid (laughs) right like solid pick and roll guy which has been long needed with this team i think probably the last guy to really do it jv jv I mean, you yeah. could say Gasol. maybe Marcus Hall. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd say Gasol there, but like the, the one fundamentally, in my opinion, that was the best fundamentally was JV. Yeah. But Marcus Hall did do a, a good job with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, it's, I want to go out and get a turtle now, <laughs> you know, like he's, he's got, he's got me thinking and, and, you know, Jakob to his credit developed really well over in San Antonio. Yeah, I when we had traded him away, I was like, I, I just will never know if he might he'll probably be a backup center for the rest of his career. And to his credit, I think he's done a really good job in carving out a role for him that many have thought may not be prominent anymore in the NBA. But it's you know because he doesn't stretch the floor; he's not going to shoot yeah. the three. Yeah, but he does a really good job with everything else that you require from your center, and that's what this team was lacking. And it really helps with them. So um, on my end, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. But uh, I don't know if you have any more thoughts on on Mr. Jakob. But. Um, I, I do have concerns when it comes to his free throw, uh, yes. his, his ability at the line. Um, I'm a huge proponent of making your free throws. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a piss poor job doing that. I'm not going <laughs> to put it lightly. But in terms of his overall production, he's only been in the minus column once since joining the raptors that's a pretty good stat to have and it was against um, cleveland and that was he, a shitty game <laughs> yeah it was that was a bad game for the for the raptors yeah. uh, over his career he's a 53.1 percent free throw shooter this season he is a 58.3 percent free throw shooter so he is shooting lights out from the line right now uh to his standards 48 percent not since to, joining the raptors not to not to adam's um not, not that it's liking but yeah, yeah hey so he was in the 60s then before before this happened well now he's not so lovely all right um let's go let's get let's get a free throw coach in for this <laughs> team please someone anybody adam you volunteer uh, yes i 100 percent all the go. time come on now i'll just after practice i'll just turn left and I'm at your house, so correct. Yeah. And then we'll we'll just tag team it. Yeah, that's it. Beautiful, All right. awesome. It's catchy at OVO. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to Will Barton, and the reason why I'm moving on to him, I I, I don't I, I know it's kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Will Barton's kind of been passed around like a like a joint at a at a high school party, but 
you know, here he is. And the Raptors actually have a little bit of guard depth now. <laughs> right? a l- like an additional guard is good. Like, you know what I mean? I, it's kind of this thing where it's like, I guess it doesn't hurt because it's a position of need for the Raptors. But uh, and I don't want to dwell on him too long. I just kind of threw him in there because it is a topic for this for this team of, of recent. Sure. Um, do you expect him to make an impact at all with with Toronto here? Like, I, I don't know. For, like, in my opinion, I'm, I'm not sure. But I, I want to get your thought if, if you think that he's going to actually have some type of impact moving forward for this team in the regular season in the playoffs. Outside of guard depth, just to have an extra body for depth? Sure. No. Uh, I, I mean, like, impact. Like, do you think he's going to get some meaningful minutes, whatever you classify that as, for this team? No. 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 It's, I, for, I, it's for a case of injury, yeah? I think so. Um, I mean, our guard depth have, has been pretty piss poor. Mm-hmm. Are we just going to trot out Malachi out there? Um, yeah, that's great. You know, for extended minutes, I don't think so. So I, I would put Barton ahead, uh, a little bit ahead yep. there. But... Um, Maybe this isn't apples to apples comparison, but it's it's sort of akin to the Jeremy Lin signing, right? When, when during the championship season, it's just you're going to see flashes throughout these last couple games, this last stretch of a month and a half, and then come playoffs, assuming we make it, I don't think he's going to get meaningful minutes. But if there's a time where Fred needs a breather, um, OG needs a breather, what have you. He might slip in here and there, but I don't think it's going to be meaningful. I agree with that. And I I think it's a good perspective to have. I really like the Jeremy Lin comp. Um, This feels very similar to that. And it's, it's, you know, Lin Sanity had a couple moments here for the Raptors. But, you know, I remember when people were begging to play him instead of Fred in the playoffs. Yeah, Begging. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) People, people is, we are... People is us. We are people. Us, us. Um, that's how bad Fred was. That was that was crazy. Yes, until Golden State. I actually, I actually can't believe that happened. I actually cannot believe that. Yeah. Um, he, we were down horrendous. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just and and you know, taking a look at the score from last night, uh, Will Barton literally played four minutes, shot one shot. It was a three, and he missed it. Yep. Um, and and that was it. I mean, and he was a minus four. So he's not he's not giving you much on the defensive end if he's in you know if he's not going to hit his shots and he really doesn't have much value. Um, saying that, it's still good like wing depth for this team. Yeah. Should something happen to one of the key contributors on on this team, you know, like a, like if a Gary Trent goes down, Fred Van Fleet, um, even like a Malachi Flynn. I know he didn't play last night. But even like a guy like that, like it's it's still good to have another option where you can tap and say, okay, you're in. Yep. But if we're dependent upon Will Barton for meaningful minutes and impactful play, then we're probably fucked. Yeah, I would tend to agree with that. And also, you know, this is just more evidence that the Raptors have every intention to make a uh, at least an attempt for a strong playoff push because yep. you need these bodies, you need depth. One thousand percent, you, you know, which is great. It's it's totally fine. These. You know, after buy after a player is bought out, you're like look at uh, Dragic right now. Apparently, yeah. the I, I don't know if you saw the the Woj tweet, but the Bucks are the quote unquote front runners to sign Goran Dragic, and I'm just like, what, front runners? Who's who's in line? Who, what <laughs> fucking race is this? Who's what, in what line? Race, who's who's racing this? Right. Um, oh, 
Speaking the, of the Bucks, they signed Myers Leonard to a second 10-day contract. There you go. Cool. But th- there you go. That is evidence. It's depth. Yeah, right? that's and, what I mean. Like, we're talking about that, and that literally just popped up on my phone. So yeah. they're, they're making depth moves again. They're, they're gearing for the playoffs, and um, every playoff aspiring team needs that. Team player Teams that are not in the playoff race or have any intention to make a deep run typically don't explore the buyout market. So... Yeah, I mean, but you still have some teams. There are players out there that got bought out that are going to, like, look at Pat Bev. He's going to get, I wouldn't say significant, but he's going to get decent minutes with Chicago. Yeah, and it's it's good for him. Yeah. I mean, he, he'll sign as a depth guard somewhere else, but, uh, like, in the offseason. Or yeah. maybe he returns to Chicago, but who knows. It's a good audition tape for him, though. Um, I don't want, yeah, again, like I said, I don't want to spend too much time on Will Barton. Yeah, um, that's fine. There's I, I got another guard in mind. Uh, and that's Fred. I know you talked about him a little bit before. Fred Van Vliet. Uh, and this stat kind of, I, I know you see it in game, but then when you actually go and you take a look at some of the stats, you're like, whoa. It's, and it kind of jumped out at me. Over his last 10, he's averaging 34.5% from the field. 34.5%. Yeah, that is not three-point percentage. That is field goal percentage. Mm-hmm. His efficiency, to say the least, has been abysmal this season like it's it's been it's been really bad and when you take a look at him over the season um he's shooting 39 percent from the field he's not even shooting 40 percent from the field 39 percent from the field mm-hmm. um with his recent move to clutch sports like i guess it's another thing that we probably haven't really touched on since the last potty he's repping clutch sports now for the upcoming free agency period worst kept secret which was the worst kept secret but this is like the equivalent of a free agent in baseball signing the Scott Boris, mm-hmm. like very similar type of vibe with that, with that move that he's made for clutch sports. Do you see a world where Fred Van Vliet returns to the Toronto Raptors? Yes. Silence. Really? Yes. And what would that look like? I was not convinced until I saw um, a clip from Eric Crean's athletic article. Um, I'll read it to you. Uh, Forget the competition the Raptors might have for for Van Vliet, though. The Raptors need him. Sure, there is a chance Barnes handling and shooting come far enough to make him a real option as the primary guard on the team, but that would require a massive leap. It doesn't feel like something that will ever happen over one summer. By trading their first-round pick next year in the trade for Pirtle, the Raptors have signaled that they intend to be competitive next year, too. The Raptors have no other guards in the system and won't have cap room to replace him if he leaves, either. So, they kind of have to. If they don't, you're relying on Barnes. And I'm not saying he can't, but to be the primary ball handler. Because you're... You're up against the cap hard because you're going to have to resign Pirtle. You have his bird rights. You have to resign him. This oh, trade. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But they, they, they traded that. They traded for Pirtle knowing that they were going to do that. Okay. Like, no, they, no had to. they had to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's money in the bank right there. Yeah. Doesn't seem like OG's getting its extension. <laughs> so what choice do you have? What are you going to do? You're going to be barrel scraping for guards. Yeah. Unless you make a massive trade, 
But if you make a massive trade, I know you might be thinking, Shay, I don't know that that may, as odd as it sounds, I don't know that that makes him competitive by removing OG, which I would assume would have to go out. Yeah. In addition to assuming this is pre-draft, 2023 first, 2025 first, 2027 first, etc. I don't know that that makes you competitive. I'm sure it does. It makes them. I mean, the aspect of having Pirtle, Shea, Siakam is enticing, but now you lost Fred and OG. I get what you're saying. I do. Um, it doesn't make them this, better. No, no, it doesn't. And I, 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 th- I think that this clutch sports move should worry and concern the Toronto Raptors. Money like, wise, money wise, mm. because he's going to look at this and he's going to he's going to ask for probably four one twenty. Yeah, but that's and what they offered him apparently, and he said no. I understand that. So that's like the floor is going to be that. And after the season that Fred Van Vliet has had, I do not think that he's worth 4120. Yeah. Right? And again, most guys that you pay in free agency typically are not worth their contract. So I give that. But do you really want to be so I, I I guess I guess their their way of thinking could be like if we retain Fred we could then flip him to somebody else at, at a deadline if we're or at an off season if we are doing a quick retool or something. But he would really have to be playing lights out for someone to want to take on that contract. This it's a really it's a really tough situation for the Toronto Raptors. What do you do with Fred Bailey? We have shit all over him <laughs> all yes. season. And and we're not alone no. in this. Much like what you said in the beginning of this episode, I'd like to try to take a positive spin and look on the bright side of things. We have seen Fred thrive. We have yes. seen Fred thrive um, since actually the the finals in Golden State, right? And we've seen him take on this team as his own under Lowry's wing and become mm-hmm. the guy. He was still pretty good last year. He did get hurt, so I you can, you know blame his lack of production towards the end of the season into the playoffs on his injury. Um, Are we sure? And I think we've alluded to this in previous episodes and I hate constantly saying previous episodes, but just as a refresher, Mm -hmm. I think you and I have made the agreement or come to the agreement that we think primarily the problem with Fred Van Vliet is in between the years. It's not necessarily wear and tear. It's not necessarily... Um, you know, talent somehow just fading away. It's not age. There are rumors that there are things going on in his personal life that has impacted and affected his play. Right. That being said, we can certainly be unhappy about that as fans. Mm-hmm. While having the recognition, is this drop off permanent? Is it? Are, are we? What is more likely? That he's dealing with something personally and it's affecting his play 
and that there's a rebound on the horizon. You give him an offseason to sort out his shit. You give him his contract. He comes in 2023-24 season, fresh as a daisy, comes ready to win, plays like the old Fred. Or this is a serious, complete nosedive, and, he, and he'll never come back to form. What is more likely? I mean, more likely is that he would rebound. Yeah. But my concern with Fred is not about... It's not about that. I just think that Fred has shown us that he is a streaky player by nature. Yeah. He's shown us that he can have some really high highs and he can still maintain that for a while, but he can also have some really low lows. This season has shown some really low lows. And I feel like that's where we kind of get caught up with Fred. Mm -hmm. Is that his lows are low, right? Typically, they haven't been this low relative to his high, if that makes sense. Like the variance hasn't been this extreme before. The measurement from floor to ceiling has not been. Correct. The variance has been, this has been really high this year. Yeah. So... If I'm going to pay someone $30 million a year in a cap world, Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that even on their off night, they're still contributing. And there are some nights where Fred is just uh, a, a invisible or B a massive liability. And I can't have that from someone that I'm paying close to max money for. I have to know that I can rely on them night in and night out, which just leads me to, you know, it's, and and again, if Fred was getting 10, 15, even, you know, close to $20 million a year, then I'm willing to live with that more. Like that's more palatable for Mm me. Mm -hmm. It was tough to get up. It's a little bit more palatable for me, but if I'm paying him that much money, I, there's there's just no way I can realistically look at that and say, well, yeah, you know, he's he's, you know, it's only he's ten, fifteen million, twenty million dollars a year player. Like we we can expect that from night and night. If you're gonna pay that guy thirty million dollars and he's gonna want that, then he better show the fuck up every night. What if I told you that your thirty million dollar player today in two years? would be akin to a 18 to 20 million dollar in terms of value. I say that because uh, apparently there's, there's a new CBA um, agreement coming after next season and a new TV deal that's going to put lo- t- the the cap. I mean, the NBA is going to make billions. This will be like, what was that year? Was it 2016? Was that the offseason? I can't remember the, yeah. what the offseason was that all these players, like the Bismack Biombos of the world, just got stupid money. Yes. But now, relative to that, yeah, it's not stupid money. So when we say, well, in 2023 purview, mm-hmm. $30 million is a lot for Fred Van Vliet. In 2025, we're going to say, damn, we only have him for $30 million. It's right. a steal. Again, the the number is arbitrary to me. Like, you can make a hundred million dollars, but if the cap is, you know, like one point five billion or something like that, then then it doesn't matter to me. I'm looking at the percentages, right? So, if that is the case, because it's not my money, it's not my dollars. I don't I don't care. 
if, if it was a baseball contract, I wouldn't care. But because Correct. they have to do cap gymnastics, I care. Bingo. Yeah. Once once you get to the cap gymnastics and you start having, you know, ceilings involved, this is when it becomes more conscious. Like when it's baseball, I'm like, give the guy 50 million a year. Who gives a shit? It's all my money. I just want you to spend money and, you know, build a team. Like be a Steve Cohen and fucking spend just all your money. Spend. San Diego yeah. Padres. Just spend. Yeah, exactly. In San Diego. Yeah. LA. Yeah. The Mets. Yep. Please, Rogers. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy not having the Yankees in that, really, like as your top three. No. But um changing of the guard there a little bit. Um but yeah, what I, I mean, if that's the case, then sure, maybe, but again, it's all ba- that's all based on hypotheticals. I can only work with what I have now. I mean what history I, shows I, you that will happen. Yeah. I just don't know how much it's going to jump, though. Like, I've heard that in other leagues where, where, you know, for example, in the NHL, they say, oh, the cap's going to jump up like 10% this year. And then you go into the offseason, like, oh, yeah, by the way, it's only jumping up two. Mm. And you're like, whoa, this is not what I expected. I signed this guy to this this contract. Now I'm cap fucked Mm. because I thought that it was going to go up 10%. That's what everyone was saying. That's what you were saying as a commissioner. That's what everyone was saying. Now you're saying, oh, it's 2.5%. So now I'm screwed because I did that thinking it was going to jump up X amount, but it only jumped up Y amount. A jump will happen if, if this is the case, but to what extent we don't really know. It's only guesstimation at this point. NHL is a hard cap, right? Yes. There's no luxury. No. Right. Which is the stupidest fucking rule. Like they need, they need to get off that and go luxury to like, um, to like actually like a hard cap after that or something like that. But yeah, so that's like a, a soft cap, hard cap type of deal. Yeah. That's what they should have. That's, but they don't. That's a cheat code then for the NBA is that you have a luxury tax. Yeah. Right. Now, I'm not saying they should pay into it mm-hmm. because I don't, I'm still not convinced they can win with this core, even with the addition of Pirtle. Mm-hmm. So to, to counter everything I've been saying, to pay Fred 30 million a year for four years. Or whatever it is, you're still in the same place. You're in the same. You're the same team, and it's even more difficult to add. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> would you if rather you, if live you, in a like, world if you sign Fred? You're letting Gary go. You're definitely letting Gary go. And at the numbers that they're going to probably command, I think I'd want Gary. I still think I'd rather sign and trade Fred Van Vliet to OKC, try to finesse that with a bunch of firsts, get Shea, have OG be like, look, we got you for a year. You're not going anywhere. If you want to leave after this, fine, but we got you for a year and go for it. You got Shea, you got Siakam, you got Barnes, you got OG, you got Pirtle. That's a really good starting lineup. Does OKC do that deal, though? I don't think that they do. No. Uh, Presti loves his picks. And know, right man. now, right now, Danny Ainge is the king of firsts. So <laughs> yes, he is. Maybe Presti is just Presti's like... Presti's losing some sleep. Is yeah. that what you're telling me? I just Maybe he doesn't care. I just want those firsts. He's itching. Give me the fuck first. Yes. He's itching. Yeah, he's, he's literally itching. Oh, fuck. I mean, well, if you can finesse that... I mean, you can, you can throw in Malachi. <laughs> oh, but that's that's a that's a deal breaker right there. If you throw in Malachi... Oh. 
yeah there's no value there's no world in which you're going to get fred and you're going to trade fred in a couple of firsts for shay you're going to have to give something else up of value what that something else is i don't know but it can't be any of the, that potential first round i mean the the starting lineup that i no. lined up so and, and we just discussed that the depth is a wasteland so that's why i don't think it would happen but if if anybody can do it <laughs> You gotta trust Masai, and if he can swindle that, can you though? I don't. Can you though? Is is Boucher I would have a free said agent? that a month ago. Is Chris Boucher a free agent? No, I don't believe. He has I one believe more year? he has one more year, but I could be wrong. All right, all right. Um, you can take a look and see, but I believe he signed for one more year. At I least. thought it was a one and in, 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 in an option. Um, I could know. be wrong, but I believe I don't know no, the contract right. in front of me. You're right. Yeah. So you trade one of Boucher and Precious, probably going to be Precious, just for the upside. I think Boucher is a finished product. Boucher is also older. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. Precious definitely has more of a ceiling, and that's something that they would want to explore more precious is more of a valuable asset to them than yeah than boucher i mean i didn't put this in in any calculator so i don't even know if it works but right yeah i I don't i would assume it it would like when the extension kicks in numbers wise precious is what's what's precious making he's probably making what like is he still on the rookie deal i don't i don't know actually (laughs) holy shit he's (laughs) only 23 so can we pull up like the contracts for the Raptors? Yeah, it, it's yep. So is he due for an extension this yes, offseason? Yes. Yeah. Rookie extension eligible, but otherwise, the club already exercised his option uh, for for almost four and a half million. Okay. So yeah, that would work with Fred VanVleet's money, and then Precious, it would work money wise. And Sign then you and add just a Fred. million picks. Yep. Sign and trade Fred. Throw Precious in there. Lots of Fred wants to go to OKC. Yes, you're right. Like, that's the other thing to this. Mm-hmm. Does Fred want to go to OKC? It also depends on who's willing to give him the money. And honestly, one of the only other teams that probably would be willing to give him that money or would be able to make it work would be in OKC. Um, Detroit, If the, but I don't see a fit there. Um, they have they have a lot of guard play mm-hmm. right now. I don't think so. Um orlando but they also have a lot of guard play a lot of guard play they they were they were rumored for fred that's the only reason i bring them up low key uh no i was gonna say philly but they have maxi uh harden's gonna leave he's gonna go back to houston yeah but i just don't think fred fills those shoes like that i agree it's possible um i can can see fred and philly i can see fred charlotte no ball's the guy there i yeah but and he's, Ball he's pretty with good. Fred, it's like Cleveland. I don't see a fit. Brooklyn, good. Give us Claxton. <laughs> I'm kidding. But, yeah. What if he's just like, I'm not doing a sign and trade. See, ya. Miami. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what Miami. I mean. He'll just, he'll just go. He'll just go. He like, in in that instance, he would just go to Brooklyn. Yeah. In Miami. Yeah, it replaces Lowry. Atlanta doesn't need him. He's not going nope. to Washington. Chicago nope. might be a home play for him. It might be. Chicago would be interesting. 
and Indiana's then the West, gonna take them. Uh, not going to Denver, not going to Memphis. Ooh, Sacramento. Uh, not going to Phoenix. <laughs> uh, not going to Golden State. Could go to the Clippers. He could go to the Clips. I can see that. I can see him going to the Clippers. I could see him going Minnesota. to Minnesota. Not going to Utah. Not Utah or New Orleans could. would be a good shout. Lakers. Lakers maybe, but again, this is all money based, and I don't know if they have that. Actually, they they should have that money freed up. I don't know what the what their salary cap structure looks like now after all those trades, but mm-hmm. I think that they should. Portland, I don't think he goes to. OKC, I could see. San no to San Antonio, no to yeah. Houston. There you go. So there you are. There you have it. <laughs> like. Uh, to, 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 to rewind back to your question, yes, I do see a world in which this happens because you have to do – there's a lot involved. The web has expanded a lot to what to do. But if you – if Fred's just going to walk and there's no sign and trade involved and Fred's like, are you going to sign me or not? You're kind of fucked if you say, no, we're going to explore the market. Yeah, yeah I understand. So you have to hedge your bets and say, you have to approach this with the understanding free agents don't typically want to sign with Toronto unless you're auto porter and you just want to have a vacation. Right. Um, <laughs> the greatest free agent signing. <laughs> it's fucking Damari Carroll. Can we never just get can we never just get one free agent signing? Like right. Damari Carroll. Wasn't a bad free agent signing. It wasn't hmm. bad. He was serviceable those first that first year and a half. Yeah, yeah, I guess. But like, fuck, man. I remember you put Isaiah Thomas in his place, and that's all I cared about. Um, yeah, I love that. Yeah, you know, so you're you're really hedging your bets, and if you let Fred walk, and you don't sign someone, you gotta try to swindle a trade. And if you can't swindle a trade while remaining competitive, your your back's against the wall. And you're worse now. Like, as bad as Fred has been, just the options with Fred Van Vliet, without Fred Van Vliet. Right, right. You're you're worse without him. Yes, maybe in the short term. You don't have a 24 pick. I don't know. Fuck, I don't know, man. It's, it's to. tough. It's it's honest. It's honestly so tough. Like, what do you do? You resign them. You have to, and you pay into the tax, and you say to OG, you you hope the CBA works in your favor. You hope the the new TV deal works in your favor, and you keep your fingers crossed. And I'm sure Masai has his finger on the pulse when it comes to all this. I'm sure he's aware, like, look, this is probably where we're heading in terms of new TV deals, what the revenue split is going to look like, what the luxury tax tiers, they're talking about that too, tiering the the luxury tax to make it more affordable to sign right. certain players into the luxury tax and whatnot without breaking right. the bank. It's sort of, you have to approach this like, this is a future me problem. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to run it back with this squad... You know what you have. And like I, I my biggest fear is that they're gonna say, All right, well, you know, we made playoffs. 
with this squad with Pirtle. Like, who knows what we can do with the full season? And it's just this squad. Well, that's that's the trap we fell into this year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we we only had Thad Young for like a month. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows what it's going to be like for a full season? Oh, and Otto? Hmm. (laughs) Fuck, man. I I wish Otto was healthy. Bo Cruz? Oh, he's gone. (laughs) Bo Cruz took his Hollywood star and said, see you later. Yeah. This you the smart money is he's coming back. I don't disagree, but I also hope that Masai and Bobby have a plan that doesn't involve Fred because I just don't want, I don't want, I don't want him on his team. I don't, I don't want him on his team. I'm going to say, I don't want him on his team anymore. I don't, I don't think he adds anything to this team to make them a championship team. I think he's a good serviceable point guard. Like you said, you plug and play him in there, and that's what you're going to get from point guard. But if I'm going to pay him thirty, I don't think he's worth the money he's going to want and command and get. Mm-hmm. I don't disagree. So that's why. That's the only reason why. It's all about asset management. Yeah, dude. If it was, we a, a lot of the players we're talking about wouldn't be on this team right now. Very fair. Very fair. Um. Anything else you want to add? Nah, I saw him post a picture with his kids, so hopefully he's uh, he's okay. Yes, yeah, of course. And never like we we talk about players and stuff like this on this type of level, but at the end of the day, we still wish them the very best and, and hope that they're doing doing well. Like, there's no there's no personal hatred or vendetta or agenda or whatever. Like, we 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 love each one of these guys and we we hope that whatever happens with them Facts. outside of the basketball court is, mm-hmm. is that they're, that they're good. So Facts. even, even guys like Joel Embiid, who I can, cannot stand on the basketball court. Draymond Green cannot stand on the basketball court, but Facts. you know, yeah. you, you always hope that they're well. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Moving on. Speaking of other guys in the NBA, let's take a look at the NBA landscape for a little bit. Um, cue it up. No problem. East of the sack. I hate this. Sack City. East of the sack. <laughs> Welcome Sacramento. to the East of the sack podcast. Sacramento Kings. <laughs> they keep killing it, dude. <laughs> come on. They've won four straight games. They are thirty-six and twenty-five. They are three games ahead of the fourth place Phoenix Suns, who will overtake them. But for now, they're in third place. Who's going to finish ahead of who? Sacramento Kings will finish ahead of the Los Angeles Lakers. What was the bet? Oh my god, I can't remember. Oh good, we have it in audio, so we'll have to go back and look. We do have it in audio. (laughs) But I was thinking about that today, and I was like, I, I don't I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember either, but it was. I think it was like. I think it honestly might have been like a donation to a charity or something. I, you're right. You're right. You're right. I actually think choosing. it was. Yes. Yeah, we'll look into it. Sure. Either way, I cannot wait to donate to charity. It's great. It's for a good cause. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Good. Um. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. 
You're welcome. I knew. I could see in your eyes. You're east of the sack. You were absolutely <laughs> like you needed to get your claws in that one. So I like every moment. Um, sack city. Sp- speaking about the Lakers, LeBron James injured for a minimum of three weeks. That's tough. Just to be reevaluated. Yeah. So this could be a scenario where they do not make the plan. I think they they should pass the Utah Jazz. They should pass the Minnesota Timberwolves. Saying that, Portland should also be passing those teams. So we'll see what happens. Like Dallas and New Orleans, to me, are playoff teams. So they'll stay in there. I think those eight teams are pretty much set. So LA and Portland, to me, round out 9 and 10 in some capacity. And Utah and Minnesota drop out. But we'll see how that goes. Um, hopefully LeBron comes back. Legault comes back soon enough. Um, we alluded to this earlier. Bucks leapfrog the seas for the first in the East. They're on a 16-game win streak. That's incredibly impressive. It gives me flashbacks of prime Toronto Raptors. It's great to see other teams doing it. The New York Knicks... How do, do you want me to do this? This seems difficult. Can you? I I can't I I can't just get this out of my out of, seven. I can't get these words out of my mouth. So seven in a row. Nine, seven losses. Seven wins. Damn it! Nine of their last ten. Jalen Brunson has been playing lights out. Like I got to I got to give him. And again, no, I don't personally hate anybody on the Knicks. So let's not take it that way. Um, Jalen Brunson has been playing incredibly well. Almost like what I wish Fred Van Vliet would play like. Mm-hmm. But I got to give him his roses. He's been playing incredibly well for the New York Knicks. He's and fun. he's arguably been the catalyst for getting them to where they are. So kudos to him. That's that's another guy who's really overlooked for his size and, and has blossomed in this league. So yeah. Uh, really cool to see that. Congratulations, Mr. Jalen Brunson, on catapulting your team into the fifth seed in the East, only to get rounded in the first round by either Cleveland or Philly. That's hilarious. Um, that was awfully big of you to do that. I'm I'm sure it was painful. It was it was really hard. All right. And again, nothing on the players. It's just the the Don't big one. boss up there. Don't yeah. Um. Do you want to get a little sweet? Well, hold on. I do want to um, throw out there that of the top six Eastern Conference teams, they're all in the plus column and point differential. Of the teams currently in the play-in, Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, Washington, only Toronto is positive in point differential. It's a good show. All right. The only, the only other team in the East besides those seven that you mentioned that are in the positive and the plus in the point differential column are Chicago Bulls. So yes, and they are outside of the play of the play in, right? So assuming the trend continues with Brooklyn, Miami, and Atlanta, again, Atlanta, there's some instability there. And the Raptors are only behind a half a game. They're two behind the Heat. And three and a half behind Brooklyn. Not insurmountable. We are looking at a realistic chance that the Raptors could get into the sixth seed. Yeah. We, we said that was the ceiling for this team. I, I thought they would finish as the seventh seed. Um, but the sixth seed is definitely within reach. Brooklyn is two and eight over their last ten. They've lost four in a row. 
Miami's four and six over the last ten. Atlanta's six and four over the last ten, but they still have a lot of stuff that they're figuring out on their end. And Snyder's going to implement his systems, and that's probably going to still take a little bit for the team to get used to. Mm-hmm. Um, Nate McMillan obviously wasn't helping them though, so I think it was a good move for them. Um, but yeah, like Brooklyn will drop below the Toronto Raptors. I, I do believe that. Okay. I know that they're six games above 500 right now, but they are on a tra- on a downward trajectory. So they will spiral out. I don't think Miami has what it takes right now. They're they're sputtering. They're losing games. Their offense is terrible. It's the worst offense in the East by points per game. And that's mm-hmm. saying something. I think they might actually have the worst offense in the league by points per game. So their offense is just non-existent at this point. Uh, their defense is the only thing that's actually keeping them alive right now because when you take a look at points per game given up they have the second lowest points per game given up only cleveland is better in that category Mm -hmm. so one of the best defenses but one of the worst offenses it might translate a little bit better in playoffs but when you're doing these one and done regular season games it's hard so um interesting little stats yeah Uh, um all right. Anything else in the NBA? No, let's get sweet. Cool. It's time for the two sweet moment of the week here on the South of the Six podcast. Uh, you can go first. Okay. Um, looking at our moments, they're in the same game, mm. but they're not the same moment. Um, my moment is in the Chicago game. Most recent game, uh, Scotty Barnes underneath uh, with a nice block, strip steal, fast break down the lane, dishes it off to Siakam for the j j j jam. You have to. Barnes with his second denial of the quarter. That young there, fourth quarter. Barnes racing down the court, gives it up. Siakam with a slam dunk. There you go. Too sweet it is a really sweet one i was actually torn between that one or the one that i chose so um i'm glad you went with that one because that was a debate that i had um obviously same game that you mentioned against shy town uh the play is pretty nice fred van vliet he's at the top of the key lobs it into og og kind of squares up to mar right on the block goes mono mono and absolutely throws down on our boy demar DeRozan. With Zach's all, but these guys love looking in the camera, giving you that big time detailed. Imp- OG! Oh my, with the big time power slam! Biggest lead of the game. The reaction from the bench is cool. Yeah. Holding That's man. That yeah. makes it really sweet. Yeah. But I'm, I mean, shout out my boy Demar. Is, this, is this signaling that. Not that the, there will ever, ever be a lack of love for DeRozan, but are we all over it now? Like, is everybody like, okay, you're good. Um, you're going to get dunked on. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to uh, like it. Yeah, I mean, I think enough time has passed, right? Like, people would welcome DeMar back to the Raptors with open arms and with much love, and, you know, whether the Raptors decide to retire his jersey one day or something like that, I don't know. Like, whatever, I don't know if they ever do decide to do that, but 
I feel like there, there's still there will definitely be no hate from Raptors fans. There's still a lot of respect, but um, no, I, I I think I think we're kind of past that point. Has anybody worn ten since he left? That's I don't think question. so. Let me look. It's a really good question. Take a look and see. Um, no, well, he's the last. He might get his jersey retired. He definitely will. Yeah, he will. And, and I think and I think he should. You know, he's he did a lot for Toronto. So, um, and he loved the city like Demar Derozan. You know. Yeah. So, good for him. Um, but yeah, I think I think they're kind of pa- we're kind of past that point. Um, the, what once he moved on from the Spurs, I think that that was the only other attachment that it left right because it was like that's the team we traded him to for Kawhi. yeah and once that was gone it's like okay we're good do you know speaking of numbers and then we can move on Jakob yeah. Pertl is the only player in raptors history to rock 19 and he's done it twice no 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 that wasn't his first number oh wait what was his first number that's a good question um it's gonna bother me for so some much. reason i thought that he like i thought he had that number no apparently he chose 19 because he wasn't 42 by the way um apparently oh, he chose 19 fuck? because he wasn't part of the 19 championship no way that's the rumor Jakob purdle chooses number 19 if that's true that's actually sick um I'm not seeing anything concrete. I think that was right. just a rumor. Well, I, I'll i choose to believe it because I, I like that story. I do too. Uh, yeah, nothing. Uh, no, I changed I, it because I felt like it was a new chapter here. The 42 was my first two years here. And then I wanted to change it up to, I wanted to change it up. 19, that's personal. I'm not going to tell you that. The rumor is is because he wasn't part of the. The, the 2019 championship. championship. Yep. yep. I could if be wrong. That's, if that's the case, I, I like that. Chip on his shoulder, and mm-hmm. he's like, I'm going to win another one. Yep. And I'll be part of it. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. I do I do really like Akapurno. I'm, I'm glad he's back with the yeah. team. Yeah. Um, let's get to some game predictions before we wrap this up. Sure. Uh, I've got, we've got nine games until mm-hmm. our next podcast. So I've got them listed on here. Uh, they play tonight against Washington. So... At the time of recording, the Raptors are losing by 10. It's 64 to 54. <laughs> to Washington. To Washington. Um, I'm taking a quick look at the box score. And the only real glaring number to me is Mr. Fred Van Vliet. Mm-hmm. It's 2 of 7 from the field. 0 of 3 from 3. Uh, Chris Boucher is outscoring him in seven minutes, and Fred VanVleet is the most minutes at twenty, at this current point. Yeah. Will Barton also has seven seven minutes with two missed shots, so he has not made a bucket with the Toronto Raptors. Pascal has twenty minutes too. Yes, yes, he's at twenty now. Yeah. Um, who's cooking us? Kyle Kuzma, nice. <laughs> Eighteen points at this point. Gafford's um, eating too underneath what? 13 and 10 sorry 10 and 3 yeah um what do you say about this game i say the raptors come back fourth quarter is where it's at fucking hope so i, I have yeah. them down as a win i'm gonna keep it that way yeah um they play washington again on saturday thoughts win yeah same here okay 
Um, Monday, they're in Denver. You're going, right? <laughs> I, I was supposed to, someone <laughs> fucked up. I was supposed someone had told me that they had a game on Monday against Denver that there was like box seats for. And I was like, oh, sick. And they, they got invited. They must have fucked their dates up or something. Because then I looked and I'm like, well, the Raptors are not here. Yeah. They are in Denver. Um, I got absolutely hosed. That was some Fugues shit. And yeah. So um, because of that, the Raptors are going to lose. They're so going to lose this game. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Wednesday, March 8th, they played the Clippers in LA. What's the E? Loss. Yeah, I agree. Then Friday, March 10th, they played the Lakers in LA still. Uh, throw me up a dub. Dub. Yep. Uh, Tuesday, March 14th, they played Denver in Toronto. I say they take that one. I was going to say an upset. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think that they take that one. I can see that for sure. They're at home. Uh, riding high off the Lakers win. Mm. I can see that happening. Uh, Thursday, March 16th, they play OKC. I have that as a win. Yep, same. Saturday, March 18th, they play Minnesota in Toronto. I also have that as a win. Yes. And then Sunday, March 19th, a back-to-backer in Milwaukee. So they leave Toronto, they go to Milwaukee. I have that as an L. Yeah, they cough that. Yeah. So 6-3 and three record is what we're both predicting. We have equal prediction. 6-3 and three record if that is the case, then the next time we record the podcast, Toronto is going to be sitting at a record of 37 and 35. Will they the be two time? games above 500? Yeah. Is this the first time they've been above 500? All season? Yeah, I'll have to look at that because for some reason, I want to say that the season didn't start off favorable for them. Let me look. Obviously, well, before the beginning, fucking they nope. They were three and two to start the year. They were three and two, three and three, five and three, five and three. Yep. Uh, six and four, seven and five, nine and seven, thirteen and eleven. No, twelve and eleven. That was mm-hmm. my bad. Miscount. Mm-hmm. <laughs> twelve and eleven. Um. And 13 and 12 was the last time that they were above 500. Yeah, it was that stretch in December, early December, that fucked them. It yeah, was the one, two, two games three, against three, Orlando, four, Sacramento, five, Brooklyn, six. Golden State, yeah. six Philly. Terrible. Yep, six in a row. So, yeah, um, first time over 500 in a while, we'll say. Yes. Since yes, last in a while. year. <laughs> yeah, since last year. Oh, it's freaking... <laughs> I'm a dad. I my, am. My jokes are sick. I am. They are. I know. Um, it would be the first time and above 500 in a while. Uh, and then if they're two games above 500, that basically puts them relatively at about like the seventh, eighth seat by the time we're back here. So uh, they would leapfrog one of it, Miami or Atlanta. Brooklyn probably starts losing a few games and they drop to probably two to three games above 500 by the time we come back here. That should be their trajectory. It's probably about two to three games above 500. Where they're probably Toronto's probably right on their tails. So. Brooklyn's got a tough. Um, they got Boston tomorrow, then the Hornets. I think Ball's out for the season with an ankle injury. Yes, yes. Um, so Hornets and Rockets not so daunting. But then they got the Bucks, Wolves, Nuggets, Thunder, Kings, Nuggets, Cavs, Cavs, Heat. The it's, Heat game is important. Yep. 
but it gets easier after that. It gets a little softer, yeah. but that pocket, if the Raptors can take advantage of that, there's some ground to be to be yeah. gained there. I agree. So I do agree. So we'll see. I mean, look, um, a lot can happen. A lot can change in two weeks. We are back in about two and a half weeks. Yep. Um, What's the date? Yeah. Uh, Tuesday, March 21st is what we have penciled in. Good. Um, so two and a half weeks. Yeah. And then we get to see what exactly the NBA is looking like then, what the Raptors are made of. Um, and by then, I think we'll have a little bit more of a clearer picture as to what the playoffs might look like, who potential matchups will be for Toronto. Will they be playing, playing games? Will they be secured? I think that's the question for the rest of the year. Will they get that six seed or will they be playing and playing games? Because I think the top five are pretty much at this point for me locked in some order between Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Cleveland, New York. Out of curiosity, before we head out, what would you rather them do? What is more exciting for you? Playing or six? Six, because I don't want to fucking play Milwaukee or Boston. Yeah, but that's if we win the plan. Right. Right. So, like, I kind of like the idea of a sudden death wild card kind of thing because if we make the six and we lose the first two, we'll be like, all right, well, we still got <laughs> we still got a couple more games. Like, I'm not freaking out quite yet until we're down 0-3 again and then we win two more, you know, sands of last year. <laughs> but if we're in a play-in game, I'm just kind of like, ooh. Ooh, I'm in. So you're you're, in you're a thrill mode. seeker. You're yeah. looking for the thrill. Like I just, I want that feeling of we gotta win this game. Got like I love that. But I, but I feel like that's gonna be the case at the end of the regular season this year to get that six seed. You could finesse it if you're Masai, and you win the play and be like, well, technically we won a round in the playoffs. There's no fucking way he's believing <laughs> Technically, that. Technically, I don't want to hear that come from your mouth. We That's run, crazy. We won a round, right? And then we lost the one and a half round. <laughs> you you realize you're not how first round knockout though. Technically, <sighs> technically. I can't believe this. I can't believe I listen to this. No, I don't want... No, give me in the sixth seed and then give me a best of seven. I don't want to fucking deal with this. Like, <laughs> because then then I'm I'm not... Like, my best of seven in the first round is what in Milwaukee or Boston. It's like, done. Oh, you're done. For sure. So, fuck that. I don't want to But it's like, beat, it's I don't not the first. Milwaukee, the Atlanta or Miami. But it's not the first Brooklyn. round. It's like the first and a half. I don't care. I want to beat... You're right over the hump. Yes, I want to fucking be. I want to knock out one of like Philly or Cleveland in the first round. See, interesting you say that because looking at this, I'm hoping for a rematch of last year. I don't want anything to do with Cleveland. I want nothing to do with Cleveland. Not the way Mitchell is playing. Fuck no. No. I think we could beat Cleveland. Let me get Pirtle to make Embiid cry. Yeah, see, I think that the map with with the addition of Pirtle, if we do end up playing a Philly, that has shades of Mark Gasol versus Joel Embiid written all over it in terms of the defense. Yep. Um, again, I'm not saying Pirtle's going to shut down Embiid that way, but it definitely helps mitigate what Embiid can do to this team because we've seen what he can do to this team sans Mark Gasol. Yeah. And it's not nice. <laughs> I felt violated. 
The only player I worry about on Philly, and people are going to laugh because Harden's on that team and Embiid's on that team. Tyrese Maxey. It's the only player that scares me. Me too. Me too. <laughs> we've, we've, we've had plenty of conversations about him on this podcast. He terrifies me. And the way that he plays against Toronto. So fast. So fast. I saw he was on a podcast recently. Someone asked him, like, what his favorite city to play in outside of Philly was. And he said Toronto. Yeah. And he said, because the fans are like, the fans get it. They love good basketball, but they're always on his case. They boo him all the time. Hard to boo that man. But he fucking loves it. And like, that's, I I love players like that. Mm -hmm. You go into like, you're like, boo me. That makes me better. Yep. Like that's that's the shit that terrifies me, man. Mm-hmm. That's the shit that terrifies me. So, um, but I would love nothing more than to see Joel and B cry again. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, sign me up for that. That's so that's what I'm saying. Get me the six seed. Let me play him. Let me smoke his ass, and then they, and then we get then we get clobbered by uh, Boston or Milwaukee in the next round. Yeah, that, that's true. But at I least, just, at least you get a win under your belt, and you can be like, I, I made, I made Embiid cry, and then the the process cannot be trusted anymore, and then Harden's off to Houston, and then everyone in Philly's crying again, again, again. They don't, they don't deserve to win anything. Those that's fans what I'm saying. Crazy. Again, again. Nice. That's that's all I need. Um, all right. Speaking of again, um, we are out of time again. Mm-hmm on the south of six podcast you can find us on all the major podcatchers apple podcasts spotify google play store anywhere besides soundcloud contrary to the look of adam we are not soundcloud soundcloud rappers sound Um, clowns sound (laughs) or sound clowns um obviously you guys know where to find us on twitter Uh, he is at adam corsair i am at connor chambers and the show is at south of the six spelled with the number six the letters ix once again brought to you by the stadium scene tv network and with that all said adam we're all done we made it through another one did it finally we did it and that is a wrap for us peace out everyone Thank you for listening to the South of the Six podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at South of the Six and to subscribe to our show. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. Yeah, we're everywhere. While you're at it, if you liked what you heard, do us a solid and leave us five stars and a quick review. We appreciate it. Thanks again. Go Raptors.